This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, Protein Industries Canada, based in Regina, releases a report showing a huge potential for pulse crops grown on the prairies. We hear from a veterinary technologist about the province's new incentive plan for improving veterinary services in rural Saskatchewan. Real Agriculture has the scoop about trends in retail agriculture sales. CN Rail discusses the year-long impact of the coronavirus on grain shipments. And we have an update on the shipping season through Thunder Bay and on the railroads. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada has released a new report pointing to a huge potential to expand exports of Saskatchewan-grown food products. The CEO of Protein Industries Canada, Bill Gruel, says the plant-based food, feed and ingredients market will surpass $250 billion within 15 years. Late last year, we worked with uh, Ernst & Young, EY, to answer kind of two questions. What's the global size of the plant-based foods market? And, uh, and more importantly... What does Canada need to do to capture a significant portion of that market out 10 or 15 years from now? So what are the results of the report, Bill? What does it tell you? Yeah, I think so. Two things we found out. One is we asked what the value of the plant-based food market is going to be out in 2035, so 15 years out into the future. That answer came back anywhere from 140 to $200 billion Canadian. It's going to be a very, very sizable market. But then the second piece that we asked EY to figure out for us is what's the crop mix and the crop volume that's needed to service that market? That's actually the really interesting part for us in in Western Canada because the answer to that question is the world is going to need, you know, 45 to 65 million metric tons of additional crops processed to service that market. That's a sizable number. At Protein Industries Canada, how much do you think Canada can receive in that, create that market? Yeah, I I think, Jim, we should be aiming for at least 10% of the global plant-based foods market. And just to put that in context, today, uh, Canada is about 3.3% of the global agri-food market. So we think we can create uh, create an opportunity for Canada to take a much more sizable portion of the plant-based foods market. And that's because we have the crops and we have, you know, some of the infrastructure to get us there. You know, that represents about a $25 billion opportunity for us. And it will require uh, a lot of focus on investment in infrastructure and in ingredient and food processing. So is this also, though, going to need a lot more like mm-hmm. dairy farmer cropping? 
So a couple things there. One is we could satisfy a lot of this global demand by just processing the crops that we are already shipping out as raw seed. So there's an opportunity there for us to just process what we have. I think we can extract more value out of the crops that we're processing to date. And I think the third thing is, yes, we could increase crop production. But if you look at the rate of growth in terms of yield over the last 15 years, I think if those trends continue, you know, we could be growing another 5 to 7% uh, over and above what we grow today. And so we could, we could process the incremental crop production that we are going to grow just by increases in technology and the adoption of new varieties. Is this increased demand just meat substitutes or is it really just looking for general vegetable meals? Yeah, so the majority of it is alternative meat. So when I look at that big aggregate number, that $250 billion global market, almost 160 to 170 billion of that is alternative meat. So that's, you know, sausages and patties and things that we see today. But in the future, it's going to be, you know, alternative meat that mimics whole muscle cuts and things like that. In addition, so that would be the bulk of it. But in addition to that, we've got a beverage market. We've got alternative eggs. We've got fortification. We've got alternative seafood. So there's a lot of different markets, but the biggest one will be alternative meat. When we talk about this, what crops are we mainly talking about that there will be this increased demand? Yeah, so the biggest one, this is a good news story for us here in Western Canada because it is all the crops that we produce So that's yellow peas, it's lentils, it's cereals, it's canola, it's hemp and lupin, some crops that we could increase our production of. The vast majority of the growth will be coming from uh, yellow peas. That's the one that the report points to as the most substantial growth over the next 15 years. In fact, one of the scenarios that the report points to is that uh, the world will need to process 14 to 17 million metric tons of peas to satisfy the demand out 15 years from now. And just for comparison's sake, we grow about 4 to 5 million metric tons of yellow peas in Canada. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Regina-based Protein Industries Canada. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Remote learning and student loan forgiveness are two measures being used to attract more veterinarians and registered veterinary technologists to rural Saskatchewan. The provincial government says starting this fall, Saskatchewan Polytechnique will offer the two-year registered veterinary technologist program remotely, allowing them to work and study at rural vet clinics. Brianne Barber is the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Veterinary Technologists. She also works at a vet clinic in Mooseman. She says remote learning should result in more RVTs. If you're only graduating, say, 25 students from an on-site in learning with the amount of, like, professors and teachers and the amount of veterinary clinics also in the Saskatoon and area that are able to support these students if we're able to graduate another 10 on top of that remotely that is like increasing our numbers greatly in order to be out in the field and practicing and potentially those 10 students that are remotely learning also would be staying in rural. Veterinarians and registered veterinary technicians working in rural and remote communities for up to five years will also be eligible to have up to $20,000 in Saskatchewan student loans forgiven. As well, three of Saskatchewan's 20 seats at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine will be prioritized for students planning to work in a large animal and or mixed rural practice. The moves are getting good reviews from the chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, 
Arnold Balicki believes the financial incentives are important. Anytime you can reduce the debt load for these veterinarians, uh, I think that's a plus. You know, I've heard upwards of veterinarians who graduate with a $100,000 loan hanging over their heads, and so if you can get a, a portion of that forgiven, I think that helps them want to lean towards going out to rural Saskatchewan. With rural vets getting older and some retiring, cattle producers have been driving longer distances to have their animals treated. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. Joined right now by the editor of The Scoop, it is Margie Echelkamp. And Margie and I had a great conversation about what trends are we seeing in ag retail. What does the future look like? What are some of the opportunities? What are some of the challenges for ag retail right now? Here's a portion of our discussion. Yeah, and, and can some of those independents provide some of those? Like the independent has always been built upon, you know, we don't sell on price, we sell on service, right? And that uh, in the last, well, I don't know, now, now that since August, commodity markets have pulled up, maybe that's changed, but, you know, selling on service has been really tough over the past you know, four years prior to this commodity run-up in August. Yeah, I would share maybe, and Sean, curious on your thoughts as far as adoption that you guys have seen in Canada, but in the States, we have seen an increase in use of online crop input purchasing. So at Farm Journal, we do an annual survey. We've done it now for three years. Nearly twice as many farmers tell us they buy some not all, not a majority, but some of their crop inputs online. And we're really keying in there to fertilizer, seed, and crop production products. So when we first did that survey in 2018, 8% of farmers told us they bought something online. It rose to 11% in 2019. And then this last year in 2020, when we surveyed farmers for their crop input purchases, U.S. farmers told us 15% were buying something online. And I think what I bring that up for, or I bring that up is three years ago, if you talk to a group of ag retailers, they would have very much perceived on, on general, they would have perceived e-commerce or online sales as a threat to their business. Mm. If you talk to any of the leading ag retailers today and a much more even a general basis as well, they would tell you that conducting business with their customer online is a huge opportunity. And you see more and more of them investigating and investing in their digital strategy. Yeah. And what we've seen in the marketplace is, you know, right away, I think when we talk about online buying, people think of like NFBN as an example where online, you know, online company first, trying to figure out the bricks and mortar and the logistics uh, you know, after that, but then you have like the the example of Nutrien, where they clearly have the bricks and mortar, and trying to figure out how they transition customers to that digital space. It's an interesting battle uh, because two companies coming with very very different histories. Yes, and I, I think you bring up two key examples there that illustrate 
really the transition of, of how the inputs marketplace has evolved to have a greater digital footprint. Yeah. And, and so when, when farmers think about online buying a fertilizer, like it, it's like the, the buying it is the easy part. It's these companies trying to figure out the logistics of making it happen at the farm level, you know, when somebody needs that seed or they need that herbicide yeah. product, making sure that happens because that's where the satisfaction comes, right? Like buying online on Amazon when I'm buying a book, it's that that's whatever, but it's the fact that it shows up at my door. That's the part that is it really brings me back, right? Well, and we've seen a variance in what inputs farmers are buying online by product category. So by far and away, the, each of the three years, pre and post emerge herbicides have been the top categories bought online. But this last year's survey, we did see more farmers interested in buying bulk fertilizer, micronutrients, and those inputs online. So rapidly evolving space. I, I also appreciate how you bring up the nutrient example because I think so much of what they've done with their portal has exposed a lot of farmers to what's possible. And I think we need to continue to have discussions around this because what does an online purchase mean? What does an online purchase mean to a farmer? What does it mean to ag retail? Because, you know, you, we talk about e-commerce, we talk about some of these terms very broadly, but each of these experiences looks very different. And I would say a majority of the seed, specifically seed, that is being bought online or being bought via a digital platform is being done so with the help of an agronomist this has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And the Moose Jaw Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today a few flurries ending early this afternoon, then mainly cloudy. High plus 3 today. Fog patches developing overnight. Winds up to 15 km per hour, the low minus 7. Friday, partly cloudy. Fog patches dissipating in the morning. Wind up to 15 km per hour. A high 8 degrees tomorrow, wind chill minus 10 in the morning, the low minus 6. Saturday sunny, the high 13, 60% chance of evening showers Saturday, the low 0. Sunday cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, the high plus 1, the low minus 7. Monday partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 5. Tuesday sunny, the high 9 degrees, the low minus 5. Wednesday, sunny, and the high 9 degrees. Normal high is 12, the normal low minus 2. The sun rose at 6.04 this morning. It sets at 7.52 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Wasika at 13 degrees. The cold spot, Regina, in the province of Saskatchewan, minus 1. On the roundup, Estevan is 0, Saskatoon 12, Swift Current 6 degrees. Weyburn minus 1, Yorkton is plus 1. Regina, light snow, minus 1, that's 31 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southwest at 6. Humidity is 95%. The barometer is steady, 103.0. Moose Jaw, light snow, plus 1. Winds are from the west-northwest at 8. Once again, Regina, there's light snow falling right now. It's minus 1, that's 31 Fahrenheit. 
Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. CN Rail says the COVID-19 pandemic has had an impact on grain shipments. The Director of Sales and Marketing, David Chidnovic, says the pandemic has created very unusual surges in demand in North America and around the world for many essential goods. He made his comments as the pandemic hits a one-year anniversary of major shutdowns in North America. Think back to spring of last year and the shortages on store shelves for products like flour, pasta and beans, staple foods. If you couple the North American anxiety around supplies of essential goods with the very legitimate concerns of countries that don't enjoy our level of food security, you can easily understand the spike in demand that this pandemic has created for grain. The single most important factor driving record grain movement for CN during the last 12 months is this surge in demand, especially in the export market and especially in the spring and summer of 2020. Chudnovic says the demand surge was unusual. Well, typically, grain supply chain capacity in Western Canada goes significantly underutilized in spring and summer, based in part on patterns of harvesting around the world. In spring and summer, we're coming up to the tail end of the crop year here in Canada when most of the crop has moved. This coincides with the start of harvest in a lot of the rest of the world, boosting global supplies dramatically. All of that has an impact on the commercial decisions of grain companies and producers as to their shipping patterns. North American producers are also out in the field seeding in late April and May, and that also has a significant impact on the demand for rail transportation services during that time. For all those reasons, a significant portion of CN's grain hopper car fleet is normally in storage during that time. Stored because there isn't enough demand to use all those cars, not because CN is choosing to move more of other commodities than grain. Go back to August 2019, and CN had over 4,000 hopper cars in storage in Canada. Well, CN didn't have 4,000 hopper cars in storage in the summer of 2020, not even close. Demand was strong right through the summer for those cars, when normally we would only see an uptick in demand around the middle of September. There was no summer slowdown in 2020. It was a very unusual summer, to say the least. And the numbers show it. From April through the end of August 2020, CN shipped 13.1 million tons of grain and processed grain products via carload compared to the three-year average of 10.8 million tons. That's a 21% increase. Shidnovic goes into more detail on the grain hopper car fleet. Well, first, the size of the active hopper car fleet is the best indicator of relative demand for hopper cars, while the size of the overall hopper car fleet reflects the maximum resources that can be deployed to move grain when the demand's there. In the case of CN, at the high water mark of the 2020-21 crop year to date for fleet size, CN had a fleet of 13,400 hopper cars in Western Canada and the fleet was running full out. Go back five years, and the fleet had 2,000 fewer cars. So call that about 20% more hopper car fleet to bring to bear now versus then. And that's just the CN hopper car fleet. Even that does not properly reflect the measure of all the horsepower CN can harvest to move grain. CN has a unique, multi-pronged approach to grain car fleet composition. What was once a fleet of leased and owned CN-supplied hoppers almost exclusively is now much more diverse. That multi-pronged approach also includes a large fleet of customer-supplied and controlled private hopper cars. Once you add those into the mix, the growth over time in the grain hopper car fleet moving grain on CN in Western Canada jumps well past 20%. 
Then there's also how much grain a car can hold on average and move, the average payload. Over the past four crop years, average payload per car on CN has increased over 3% or over 3 tons per car. It really started increasing as we rolled out our fleet integration program and boosted the proportion of jumbo hopper cars in the fleet as a result. Now that we've acquired 2,500 high-capacity hopper cars, which was a significant capital investment, that average payload is increasing even more. Chidnovic says reduced demand from other sectors is not a factor in improving grain shipments. So CN's not moving more grain because it's moving less of everything else. In fact, CN's been moving more grain at the same time that overall traffic levels have been higher than at the same time a year ago. Commodities and goods like lumber, potash, consumer goods are all seeing very high levels of demand. And that's really been the case since September 2020, coinciding with the period when we see peak demand for grain movement once harvest comes on. It's been the case right through up until now. David Chidnovic is the Director of Sales and Marketing at CN Rail. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. The shipping season at Thunder Bay has been going for a couple of weeks with hopes of matching last year's 9.2 million metric tons of grain shipped. Things are off to a good start according to Mill Poirier with QGI Consulting which monitors grain movement. The traffic has ramped up quickly. Uh, we look at cars online today and they're up to 2,000 cars between CN and CP. A lot of the volume driven by CP but they're traditionally the stronger player in that corridor. So given where the numbers have gotten to and how quickly they've gotten there, I would say that the Thunder Bay corridor or demand in that corridor is looking so far a lot like it did last year. And last year was one of the best year they'd had in a number of years. As for overall grain movement, Poirier says CP Rail did well during shipping week 35, running from March 28th to April 3rd. Their car spotting capacity has been really good the last four or five weeks. Uh, they've spotted more than 5,000 cars for four straight weeks now, which is excellent achievement. CN, unfortunately, after showing signs uh, prior to week 35 that they were getting ready for a really good run, took a step back in week 35 and only managed to spot uh, less than 3,500 cars, which was actually their worst car spotting performance for ATC shippers in, in six weeks. Poirier's comments come from the Grain by Train podcast produced by Pulse Canada. Chicken, turkey and egg farmers across Canada are being compensated for losses incurred during recent free trade negotiations. The federal government will provide $691 million over 10 years to 4,800 producers in the supply managed sector. A lot of the money will be spent to improve farm efficiency as more foreign product is allowed into the nation. Brian Bilkes is chair of the Canadian Hatching Egg Producers and has operations in Saskatchewan. Among other things, I intend to upgrade the ventilation systems by installing new heat exchangers in all my barns, which will improve air quality conditions for enhanced animal care and reduction in levels of CO2, ammonia, humidity and reduced heating-related greenhouse gas emissions by up to 50%. Funding will be distributed starting this year. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com.
Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Canola fell a dollar seventy at six eighty nine fifty seven. Number one red spring wheat went down forty nine cents at two eighty eight eighty four. The rest were unchanged. Durham three fourteen sixteen. Feed barley two sixty seven sixty eight. Flax seven hundred seventeen dollars thirty one cents. Lentils six seventy two fifty. Oats two zero nine fifty three. Yellow peas three eighty three seventy. Feed wheat two thirty eight eighty four. The Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are up four and three quarter cents at six 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 sixty five and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. Livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of April the fourteenth. A very small run here this week due to the nasty weather conditions. 200 head in the short, 150 cows and bulls, a total of 350 head for the week. Cows selling to a strong demand this week, D1, D2 cows, 85 to 95, sales to 98, 99, D3 cows, 75 to 85. We had a package of black cows from the Russell area. They topped out at 99.75. The cows were averaging 89.75. Good bulls, 95 to 106. Bulls are averaging a dollar. On to the pre-sort sale on the steer side. 650-pound steers, 219. My favorite pen, 710-pound black steers, 204. 800-pound steers at 190. On to the heifer side. 500-pound heifers, 205. 570s, 201. 650-pound heifers, 192. 710-pound heifers, 181. And 820-pound heifers at 161. Next week, pre-sort, we will be weighing both Monday and Tuesday, expecting 1,500 head. And this Friday, April the 16th, sheep, lamb, goat, sale, and horse sale. Receiving today from 12 to 8 and Friday right up until sale time. Sheep, lamb, and goat sale starts at 11 o'clock on Friday, expecting five to 700 head, and the horses will sell at 3. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,400 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 224 to 238 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,800 head, selling in a range of 224 to 238 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is up 14 basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2533. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.90 cents US. Daily US cash markets are mixed, but all regional base prices are above $100 US 100 weight for the first time since the 2014 marketing year. The Western Corn Belt National Regions were up by 40 cents and $1.03 respectively relative to the previous marketing day, but the National Cutout Adjusted came in 34 cents lower as the daily values that make up the carcass continue to see variability. Lean hog futures gap lower at the open, and many contracts are presently locked limit low on the day. This morning's export sales report is likely the spark behind the move. New net sales, a proxy for future deliveries demand, were 17,229 metric tons, or 52% lower than the five-year average, and 69% lower than 2020. China only took 3,300 metric tons, which is well off the pace, and at first a bit odd considering reports of the worsening ASF situation in the region. 
Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, Fueling Farms, Feeding Families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg, and SMHI, Municipal Hail Insurance, three tiers of stackable hail insurance. Contact an agent or visit us online at municipalhail.ca. Storms are unpredictable, Municipal Hail isn't. Saskatchewan's Premier told members of the United States House Energy and Commerce Committee this week that the President's retroactive cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline won't have the results he desires. Biden cancelled the project because of environmental concern, but Scott Moe says oil is going to get to market one way or another, so it's either more transporting by truck or rail, or buying from a country like Russia instead of from Canada, which has higher emission standards. Mo told the committee President Joe Biden is being very short-sighted, but he hopes the decision will be reversed. Mo suggests the decision not only brings negative consequences for the environment, but also for the economy on both sides of the border and for the relationship between the two nations. On the markets, the TSX is up 153 points at 19,325. The Dow has risen 265 points at 33,996. Oil is up 14 cents at 63.36 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is down 16 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.70 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.